0: welcome to the verb moto broadcast it's not a podcast but it really is you're listening to it on a podcast network this is the verb moto podcast network i am your host brad gebhart with me on the line none other than supercross champion world supercross champion and he's going to be in the booth this season tip to tail back to front chad reed welcome to the podcast
1: what's up man thanks for having me on appreciate it
0: Hey, thanks for making some time for us. We really do appreciate it. It was It's uh, come out some news. Unfortunately, uh, you won't be on the line this year, but we're going to have you up in the booth giving your expertise and, uh, uh, and doing that whole thing. Uh, how did that come about, you working with Adam Bailey and everybody over at World Supercross?
1: Yeah, so loosely on the booth. Um, I'll jump in and out of the booth, um, but I'm actually going to do some trackside stuff and then a little bit of the Uh, or should I say a lot of the behind the scenes uh, stuff. So excited about that part. Um, But I think what best describes my position at World Supercross is is a consultant, you know, Um, just I believe in their vision. I believe in their goal. I believe in Supercross Um, and my passion and my love has always been there. So just how can I use, uh, you know, multiple years of being a co founder slash uh, promoter in australia to a team owner to a, a the athlete for 25 years um you know get to use all those parts of my 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 life and my brain uh you know that you just don't get to use often enough so i'm actually really excited uh to help you know help the growth of supercross and contribute to uh world supercross taking this thing around the world
0: Certainly. When, when I think of Chad Reed's experience in the sport of motocross, I think of diversity. You raced in Europe uh, and, and did the whole GPs. You've come over and you've raced in, uh, in North America, been a world supercross champion, an AMA supercross champ. Like you said, ran a team. And like everyone, every once in a while when you happen to have a, either a broken wing or a busted knee, uh, you also found yourself in the broadcast booth. So you've kind of had your fingers on li- just a little bit about everything uh, whether that was exactly what you wanted to be doing at the time is, uh, is that neither here nor there. Um, but how does that all kind of come together for you to be able to, uh, give your expertise and, and have a pretty interesting perspective on, uh, on how a series should be ran, what makes it great
1: and maybe what it should avoid. I think that, you know, everything that you touched on is, is essentially, uh, what I love about it, you know, and Growing up in Australia as a young Australian kid, you know, wanting the goal of going and racing, you know, in America one day, racing Supercross, um, you know, my phone never rang. So I had to go to Europe and honestly, I wouldn't change it. Like if I had, which I do have a child that wants to go racing, but like, had we have been based in Australia and you want that path forward. I, I don't know that I would change the path up, you know, um, going to Europe was so valuable and I met so many awesome people. And and so then coming to America and, and, a, and a large portion of my adult life, um, you know, I happily call myself as an adult, an American, you know, I, I proudly represent, you know, the red, white and blue and my passport, you know, that that says American citizen, I'm really proud of. Um, but with saying that, I just feel... I feel neutral, you know, like I feel very blessed to be able to not be kind of one way or the other. Um just be able to be able to understand kind of how the world works and my childhood growing up in Australia and my my step in a, in Europe and then, you know, now my life here in America with my wife and kids. So, yeah, just just provide that information, you know, just the different things that you've seen and um that that you see work, um, and you, that changes. You know, as an athlete, you have in one mind. You know, you're kind of like, well, an athlete. You need this, this, and this, right? And it's it's not always aligned with what the team needs, and then that doesn't always align with what the promoters need. And I just feel, I guess, like pretty happy and excited that you know, without you know, throughout all the years. I've been presented many different opportunities to tick a lot of those boxes, to get understanding, um, you know, from all all of them. And so, yeah, just the common goal, let's, let's make Supercross awesome and and take it into places that it, that it deserves to be. Um, We, we kind of scratched the the surface a little bit with this uh, concept in 2002 and three um, and it just never materialized for whatever reason. And, um, we have a new group of people with, you know, a similar passion and, and, you know, but less, um, less committed on, on the, the national side of things or domestic side of things. And so I just think that that's their true goal. Like they, they will be known as somebody who succeeded or failed, um, you know, depending on the route and, and the success that they have by just doing world supercross. So hopefully I can help them. Fair enough. Well, you know, right.
0: It's been a lot of years since Daryl Hurley and many others were slogging <laughs> in the mud of Arnhem. Uh, yeah. That was a, uh, I, I still go back and watch that race every once in a while just to just take in the immaculation that it is. It's, it's wild. Um, and honestly, I don't know if you would have, you can tell me if I'm wrong about this, but I don't know if you'd have the same chip on your shoulder that you had rolling into the AMA stuff in 020304. And you, I'd, I'd argue you still, maybe you still have, uh, if you didn't have to go over to Europe to sort of prove yourself, like, I feel like that was sort of like a, uh, a, a moment or a, po- a portion of Chad Reed's career where you develop that toughness and also that kind of like consistent, I'll show you guys that you never really shook.
1: Yeah. And I I'd, I'd like to call it a chip on your shoulder, but I think that that's just personality. Like I, I, geez, okay. I had that relation. I had that relationship with my, my own father, you know, okay. um, you know, recently my dad passed away and it's kind of like, you have a flood of these memories and it's like, there's not a single memory that I have with, that I tried to prove my dad wrong. Like that was you know, and truthfully, he instilled that in me. Right, he would push my buttons and tell me, "Oh, said person's going to kick your butt today," or you know, "Ah, oh, you're a bit slow here, a bit slow there," or you know, just anything. It was a a position of like that was the relationship that we had, where I was like, "Oh, screw that! I'm going to go prove dad wrong," you know. And so, I don't know that that's you know the the chip so much, other than just what was instilled in me and the personality um, of just enjoying a good challenge enjoying you know feeling like you you had a lot to fight for um, and I will admittedly say that like when when I felt happy and I felt complete and like didn't necessarily have that thinking that that was the day that I said to my wife like I'm done. Like, this is it, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's something, empty, you know, like the, the, yeah, you've squeezed the lemon, uh, uh, you know, dry. And it's time to, it's time to let the boys do this on a, you know, on a full-time basis. Cause I don't, you know, like, I don't know who I am without this, you know, this person that wants to conquer the world and prove everybody wrong or prove myself right. Um, You know, it's, It's sad in a way that that was my relationship with dad and everything like that. But I think that ultimately it was really the tools that helped me take on the world as a young, little small town kid from Australia.
0: Certainly. And then that definitely carried you forward to do some pretty amazing things. And um, you're uh, sort of on the precipice of being able to take a worldwide series to the next level. I feel like your your expertise is something that they can uh, put to use in a lot of different areas. Um, where do you feel like you'll be able to make the biggest amount of impact uh, when working with like just how the, the series presents itself, um, how it comes together as a show? Because World Supercross, more than just racing, is an all-encompassing event. It's entertainment. It's showing up and having a million things moving. Like, like it, There's a lot of things to pay attention to. Uh, where do you feel like you're going to be able to make the biggest amount of impact? Um,
1: my goal is to understand the conversations that I have behind the closed doors and, and, and kind of help them stay on track and stay true to that. Um, you know, I think that the, don't be bullied and pushed around by, you know, the outside world and, and the chatter and the talk, um, that would be the biggest thing that I feel that I can contribute. You know, I think that my position is so multi-ended, um, you know, like as an athlete, I want to be able to come in and help the writers. Um, if I see something on the track, it's my job and my duty to, you know, try to work with the track crew to, to fix it and make it better, um, you know, and then obviously short-term uh, helping out the television package, you know, and making making things exciting and, and doing things, you know, things like that. And so, um, yeah, kind of hard to say really one thing because I just think that for the most part, uh, I don't have a said job title. Like, it's yeah. not like, hey, you we're going to put you in this box and this is what we want from you. It's kind of like what, you know, come on this journey with us and, and let's, and let's help. And I guess that my experience of, you know, seeing, hearing, you know, boots on the ground person for as long as I have, um, I just, I hope that I can help them stay straight, you know, stay, stay committed to their goals because I truly believe in them um and let's let's achieve what what we're trying to achieve not not get sidetracked so the business card might
0: say uh chad reed world supercross specialist (laughs) yeah okay just that Uh, yeah it's like it's a a, it's an overarching big umbrella that you'll be casting but that's what happens when you've got as much experience as you do um within your own circle. And of course, like your, your lovely wife has been with you through this this entire journey as well. And you've also got a kind of a tight knit group of of friends that you can bounce ideas off of. Um, Who are the individuals that you sort of turn to, to sort of like table some ideas, brainstorm and, and sort of find a way to like some, some different perspectives or like to kind of sort of add to what you bring
1: to the table. So I think the, in life these days, like I've always been pretty small group of people. I always, you know, for, for good or bad, I always kind of keep people at an odd length, you know, um, growing up, you know, trust was an issue. And, you know, when you're, when you grow up in a little town or you're trying to, you know, your, your, your goals or your vision are so far left field or right field compared to the normal person, you, you feel pretty alienated, uh, quickly. And so, I've always been, you know, cautious around um, you know, people. So uh Ellie been around me since I was 16 years old. She's, you know, she's always the the soundboard of everything, you know, like we we are we may not always agree on everything, um, but a high, high percentage of everything we agree on and okay. um uh, You know, and even if we don't agree one minute, you know, five minutes later, we we kind of understand the situation and can meet in the middle. Um, Outside of, you know, the the family and and Ellie, um, I would say that Justin Price and Ryan Hardwick, um, owner, you know, the founders and owners of uh, Mountain Motorsport are just two individuals that I've grown close to and really trust them, uh, really respect and look up to them for what they do. in life and business and yeah I mean I guess it's never really fair to name people right because I'm very fortunate that I get to talk to so many different people right. whether it be like sponsors you know like I I randomly pick up the phone and call Mitch Payton you know and have just a nothing conversation but yet you learn so much from it yeah. and that's a well acknowledged right there you know, and, um, yeah, just people like that. And again, I hate naming people because it's, you know, who do I think of, but just, yeah, like my old mechanics, you know, Goose and, um, you know, when I'm at the races, I, you know, a guy that was my mechanic, Lars Lindstrom, and now he's, you know, now he's the, the big team boss at Honda. And, you know, they just won their first supercross title in 21 years or whatever it's been. And, you know, he's, He's now the big dog, and you know I barely get a hello. But nah, I'm joking. But you know, just people like that. You know, you just you just learn. You know, like I'm 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 a sponge. You know, people like Roger De and Ian Harrison, John Hines at KTM. Um, just yeah, like the list goes on. Like I just I love I love speaking and sharing with people that have like the equal passion for motorsports and, and dirt bike racing, you know, and maybe all those people I mentioned, maybe we don't align on everything, but a high percentage of everything that we talk about and love is, is racing. That's, that's what I love. I love, you know, kind of having those conversations with those people.
0: Love it, man. Um, I hear through the grapevine that um, for certain rounds, they'll be uh, highlighting the uh, the super mini or the 85cc class of which your son um, will more than likely be, be wanting to, to compete in. Um, how far are we away from uh, Chad Reed doing a hot lap? with uh with, with your your oldest son that, that that's got to, that i imagine that moment is going to come and that's going to be a pretty cool father and son moment I, I was also i was in attendance when uh you came out on on tutu with uh i think it was is it pace or uh hey Tate, you about yeah. Tate and talking, like, yeah, Tate. He went around on the PW, and he like he fell. Oh, uh, he fell over on Anaheim oh. one during the like the um like, like the third third baseline there, and you were like, yeah. oh
1: yeah, that was a cool. So moment. Uh, you you cut out at the beginning, I believe. Oh, sorry, were you talking about the Australian Supercross? Is that what you said?
0: Yeah, with the eighty-five cc class, and then getting to do some riding with your son and helping him sort of uh learn the basics.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I was putting the story together because I heard 85. But um, yeah, something that that I've a long time wanted to play a role in is, you know, it's important to always remain and understand where you come from. Um, and something for me that was always so exciting was when your name is against or side-by-side side with Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart and, and Jeremy McGrath and Wyndham and all these badasses, it's, it was always really cool to know that I got to do something that they didn't, you know, like because if, there wasn't many things that when you start talking about that group um, that you did that they didn't, you know. And, and I just think that, yeah, growing up a 12-year-old racing ADCC back then and racing with the pros. And, and then, you know, once we, I think at 14 or 13 or something like that, I, we were riding one twenty fives, and, but they had like a, a, what they called, you know, essentially in America, we'd call it amateur 85 and then amateur 125, um, yeah. you know, and then the rule back then was at 16 years old, like it or not, you had to go pro, yeah. um, you know, so old school me, Like, I always think like anybody that's not going pro at 16, I always think that they're soft and like, I just like, I'm like, I don't like it, you know, but then I'm probably having to eat my words, you know, because if I don't meet that deadline with my own son, um, you know, I look like a hypocrite, but I just think it's, it's funny. Um, so yeah, my involvement with that and, you know, calling it, you know, hopefully we're going to have a name for it with the Chad Reed, you know, 85 cup, um the goal is to put Tate to work. Um actually I rephrased that. Tate put his hand up and said that he would love to race, you know, professionally. And cool. so I think I think that the best way forward in all the my own experiences and all the data and knowledge that I have, you have to be very, very good and clever at supercross. Uh your motocross skills rarely get you jobs rarely get you places in the world um outside of you know the gps um and so i think it's really important that that tate's fundamentals for supercross and understanding supercross um is important and that's a that's a big thing that ellie and i would like to do and so you know we we want to kind of enter him and, and put him to work here and in, in the U S and get him on a supercross track and um, you know, start, start building those skill set and, and take him down there in October, November, December um, and kind of let him race the Australian supercross series on an 85, um, you know, which just brings so much joy to me, honestly. Yeah. Like I think that that's so cool. Um, I think what's really cool is, likely I'll have my son racing it and my nephew racing it um you know so as far as like the Reed name um it lives on you know so I think it's it's pretty cool
0: for sure I feel like like keeping on that a little bit um just from my perspective on your approach to that I feel like you like you'd wanted Tate to like come to that but you didn't want to put it on him like he wanted wanted him to like come to it on his own. And I think it sounds like you're pretty happy that he did. Because there's there's a lot of like athletes or, or uh um offspring or yet like sons and daughters of professional athletes that they, they never touch it. Like Wayne Gretzky's kids didn't play hockey. They're like, I'm never filling those shoes, never gonna bother. And it's 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 cool that he's he's wanting to at least step up to the plate and see what he's got, sort of thing. I think that's kinda cool. Yeah.
1: It's it's something that I've never understood, you know, like from an outsider looking at these second generations, um, it's rare that they're successful, you know, like it's, you know, like a lot of the people and you could name numerous individuals, both men and women who, who just do not, you know, produce second generation, you know, talent. And I think that as a dad, you know, like I'm so busy, and sometimes everything that I'm doing, uh, sometimes you're not like going to a track for, I'm trying to choose my words because I don't want to use the word, you know, like your, your, your normal family, right? Because at the end of the day, I'm normal, but I've lived my life doing this at a very high level. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so for a good part of the last 25 years, you know, going to the track has been my job. Um, and so when when you start doing and then suddenly you have to go back to the track that feels like work um it's just not always an easy transition um and i you know the good, the bad, the ugly, the ups, the downs that come along with you know being a professional athlete and a and a motorcycle athlete you know in supercross and motocross uh in particular, and so I would never push that on someone, you know and so we went to, we were present in uh, Anaheim two this year and walking out of the stadium after the, you know, the night show, um, Tate made some, some pretty vocal claims and, and some, you know, some pretty big words that as a dad, I was really proud to, to hear. Um, And so from that moment, I've been making plans and and you know making you know trying to get life back on track and get a house get situated back in Florida so that we have that year-round weather Um, and really just give the kids uh, not Tate you know Tate's the one you know with his hand up saying he wants to do it but it doesn't mean that the other two don't have the equal and the same amount of love and and you know an effort from from mom and I um, so yeah, Tate's, Tate's put his hand up. He's the one that meets the, you know, the the age criteria, uh, for supercross in Australia. And I'm, I'm excited to watch him grow and learn. Who knows? It could be a whole other
0: generation. There'll be, uh, all three of them be on the gate at some point. But, um, appreciate your time today, Chad, uh, here on the verb moto broadcast. Last thing I have for you is, uh, this, this, this is a, such an awesome opportunity for athletes to travel around the world and see the world from the seat of a dirt bike. Something that you got an opportunity to do at a very young age. And now athletes from, from North America, all over the world are going to get that opportunity as well. Uh, how excited are you for them for that? And would the, 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 the. 16 through 25 year old Chad Reed just to have been licking his chops at the opportunity <laughs> to to go to take this thing global. And, and and like I was like, I I I can't imagine you're not feeling a little bit jealous of what this thing is turning itself into and what it can become.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um yeah, you think of that 16, 17-year-old self that that was chasing the goal to go race around the world. I would have absolutely loved you know this opportunity to do these things um you know the thing is like i feel like our sport maxed out in you know in the the ricky james and i era um you know the the salaries the outside money um you know put us in very in very rare company of the motorsport world you know like i felt like we were making you know, real reasonable money. And when I look at it today, it's dropped considerably, you know, and, and you look, I look at, let's take two HRC writers, uh, one being a Mark Marquez who let's look at Mark Marquez's HRC contract, um, compare it to a Jet Lawrence's HRC contract. And, you know, it's a very large number in differences. And I think that the same said to be for their Red Bull deals, you know, and you're taking a global superstar Mm -hmm. and comparing them with, you know, a a kid from Australia that's chasing a national championship in America. Um, And I just think that there's such a, a whole area of the world that we're not tapping into. And for me as a past athlete, that was really successful and was able to enjoy and love every part of everything that I got to do um, for generations to come. It excites me for the potential that these kids, you know, possibly if we do a good job and we do our job correctly at world supercross that we give them that platform to be worldwide superstars and make that, you know, that salary and that money, that, that, that I I truly believe our sport deserves. Um, That's probably the biggest thing, you know, like I don't, it's not about talking less of what's happening in in the national, you know, domestic series around the world, because, you know, the, the AMA Supercross series, in my opinion today is still the number one, you know, recognized and should be recognized championship in, in the world. Um, I just hope that we can, take and see what they're doing at such a high level and and do that you know on an international level and and try to tap into you know many many more millions of people around the world and you know go to some fun new places that these manufacturers sell thousands and thousands of motorcycles and scooters and atvs and side-by-sides at and that's, that's the goal, you know. It's it's a simple one. It's not about. I think that we need to align, you know. At the end of the day, Supercross is Supercross. I think that they do us good. We do them good. Um, I think that before me, um, there was some aggressive and some uncalled for words, uh, you know, said from uh, I think higher up people at World Supercross, and I think it's time to, you know. Put that story a little bit more in 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 check, and and just stick to our behind closed doors uh, goals, and and put our heads down and 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 make Supercross awesome around the world. You know, fair enough. Well, so, someone who's kind of been known
0: to poke the bear a little bit. It's kind of amazing for you to be a, a voice of reason and maybe a peacemaker between those two series um but uh it, it's pretty wild for you to be able to have this opportunity and i think you're certainly one of the people who has the expertise who can who take and take this thing to the next level and be that spokesman so uh I, i'm happy to see you on board with them and I'm, I'm sure that uh uh you're looking forward to uh putting on some more uh
1: freaking flyer miles miles a lot of uh <laughs> i'm gonna rack up the frequent flyer miles for sure i'm already multi-million uh you know frequent flyer miles on multiple airlines so we'll just keep adding to the tally and maybe i can get a couple more of those what do they call the million the million uh, miles flown tags or whatever and get to two million three million <laughs> and i'll still
0: use it lose your luggage chad reed here on the verb moto broadcast chad thank you so much for for coming on the show don't hang up on the show just yet but for podcast sake we're gonna cut things off right there now joining us here on the verb moto broadcast none other than adam bailey from world supercross that's right ladies and gentlemen we have the ceo of supercross global holding his phone across the world and it is thursday where he's at Uh, so thank you for spending some time with us today adam Uh, it's been it's been a pleasure to have you on the show before pleasure to have you on again
2: and thanks for having me, and thanks for that. Uh, thanks for that intro. That makes me feel pretty, pretty special. It makes me feel like a much bigger deal than I do on a day-to-day basis. So I appreciate it, mate. It's always good to chat.
0: As you should feel so, my friend, because Adam, uh, we're on the doorstep of taking Supercross completely global for the first inaugural real season. Um, I, I hope that there's like a, a commemorative T-shirt that can be purchased for this particular year, because I think it's going to look be looked back on as someone uh somewhat of a uh a, a real like sort of earmark in the in the history of the sport where uh we'll look back on it and like maybe maybe there's a whole lot of uh, like things we're doing a lot differently years down the road but uh this is going to be a benchmark this is going to be something that uh, a lot of people are going to talk about for a lot of years and uh, a lot of hard work's been going into it and you uh, you know that as well as anybody
2: yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I appreciate that. And I think it was one thing to kind of get a couple of rounds off the ground last year and run a couple of events. And we did that. And, you know, it was a stretch to get that done in the time that we did and, you know, put everything in place, in place, the framework in place, the teams, right, the writers, the prize money package and, you know, pull the, the, the business model together, I guess. Um, but this is really the first season, you know, we're really treating it that way. You know, there's a lot of um, you know, learnings. There's a lot of things to time to kind of test and learn as we go for sure. We're not, you know, we're very realistic about the fact that this is our first season, you know, Supercross has been around for 50 years, but this is the first real season for us as the as the World Supercross Championship and for the WSX brand. So um, you know, we're learning daily, literally, you know, this first event for Birmingham and all the work that's gone into it. Already so many learnings have come for future rounds and events, you know, as um you know, as as we create the travelling roadshow that we want Supercross to be, and we believe it can be, as well as the global brand, we're sort of learning how things need to operate logistically, how we're going to work the freight, how the calendar should fall into place, how our relationship works with all the federations in each region, you know, how we market and launch each event and sell the tickets and how the sponsorships should be packaged, packaged and sold, how the broadcast should work around the world. There's so many different things that, you know, from doing, you know, an event in Cardiff, and an event in Australia last year, which is a, you know, our home, you know, my home city, you know, in an event that we semi similar than what we'd done before is one thing, but when you try and add in all these different regions and locations and, um, you know, it's a completely different kettle of fish. And so, um, you know, we're learning at an incredibly rapid rate. I think, you know, my personal development has been now I'm very, uh, you know, blessed, I guess, to have the opportunity to, to be able to do something that I'm feel so passionate about and love so much, but the learning is there we're incredibly excited just to get there and start to see stuff happen because i think there's nothing worse and i feel like you spend so long talking about it um you just want to get there and you just want to see it all start to materialize and you want to you know i want to see bikes on track like i got into this because i love supercross and i love the sport and we spend six months talking about it you know what i mean it's kind of yep. like without the without the reward it's like let's get there see some racing and i'm really excited it's going to be uh fantastic and the the entertainment's going to be great and the you know the racing i think is going to be amazing honestly i really do so um just want to get there and get it started
0: no doubt you've definitely had a version of this conversation probably daily ever since uh the last round of of the uh the pilot season where last year 2022 you guys laid the foundation now it's time to start building the framework for what World Supercross is going to be, how it's gonna improve on itself year over year. And Chad Reed is going to be a big part of that, whether it's in the booth or be, be, being a sort of a consultant, if you will, uh, because you as well as I know, and we talked, to, I talked to him about that just uh, earlier today, his well of knowledge is not only deep, but it's diverse. He's been a team manager, he's been a team a factory rider, He's been a promoter with the Australian series and stuff like that. So he's been hands- on um, and seen racing all over the world. Heck, he is a world supercross champion uh, in its uh, original sort of the, the way they used to do it. So um, he brings a lot to the table. What are you looking from Chad that you can that you can most be able to use him as useful as possible and and, and help him sort of uh, make his mark on this series?
2: Yeah, I think I mean you touched on it really well just then, but I think people Thank know Chad as Chad Reed, the racer, and Chad Reed, who's you know one forty-five, you know supercross events and a two-time world champion and all those things and a an ambassador and a, you know and all those things, but they don't really know that Chad Reed is actually an incredibly sharp businessman. He he he's he's been involved in all facets of the sport. He's very, I want to say. Chad is incredibly street smart. Like, if you know him and talk to him, he's been around the block. He's not just a racer, you know. That's just a racer, and um, he's very street smart. He listens. He's learned a lot. He, 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 this kind of knowledge that he has can't be taught at school. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't go yep. to university and le- learn Chad Reed's knowledge about Supercross. It is impossible. Um, and the business of Supercross, he knows it. That he knows it so well. He knows it so much better than most people that you deal with in this in the sport. Yeah aside from the fact that he's an amazing ambassador and an athlete and a, someone that fans love and want to meet and all those kinds of things. Um, he, he He's a fantastic fit. And, and since, you know, a lot of people wouldn't realize, but since we ran our first event in 2015, I was calling Chad about that in 2013 to talk about how do we do it. And I, I you know, I, I've been friends with Chad for many years, just, you know, through mutual friends and known him, right. you know, so he was, he was, he was generous enough with his time back in his kind of, prime you know what i mean to give yeah. me the time to, to to talk about how to do it, how to do it what learnings he'd had would he come out and race yes or no you know like if we set up a rivalry between uh, and a, between him and james stewart for the 2015 race that he was you know um you know kind enough to be willing to do but then james kind of unfortunately pulled out at the time but you know chad has been someone that i've bounced off for many years and um he's someone that you can have very robust conversations with. He's brutally honest. He uh he's very strong-minded. And if you're he's a kind of guy also that if you're on the other side of him, then you might not like him because he's very firm and he's very um he, he he isn't someone you can push around. And that's why he's been as successful as he has been. So to do what we're trying to achieve, that's exactly someone you want on your team. You want someone that a, he believes in what the potential for Supercross around the world can be wholeheartedly. I believe that because he's always said it. It's not just like he's jumped on the bandwagon now. He's always said it. And um, and two, you know that this guy is made of more grit than anyone that's ever, you know, been involved in the sport in history, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like this guy is, is gritty as they come. And it's just, you know, if, if you want strong people on your team, you know, that's what you want. You want those people. And and so I know that he's he's so much more than chad reed an ambassador or a tv personality or a, someone that can you know what i mean turn up and sign autographs yeah great kids are going to love to meet him and that's a fantastic opportunity for fans but he's someone that i can talk to about like how are we going to make this thing truly global what are the challenges the writers and teams are going to face you know how do we overcome those he's got contacts all around the world he, you know he has um so much value to add in so many areas that i, I don't think other people would really realize that but i've been sort of lucky enough to to have been involved with him over a lot lots of different areas you know to know
0: certainly i, I think that I, it was funny that like today sort of like uncovered something that I, like i've i've interviewed chad in the past but never as uh, as long as i was able to this afternoon and what struck me is something that he sort of like sort of opened up about was something that i really didn't know about chad is that he sort of has sort of quote, unquote, like almost like trust issues. Like he doesn't trust easily. And that's why he's always had a really small circle. Um, and what that tells me about him is that like, he's um, like, he's, he's often doesn't just like sort of, um, I'll let this part up uh, sort of like, doesn't just allow people just to still like sort of push him around. He's always has his ears per- perked up. And for that reason, because he's had so much experience you have experience plus like you're really digesting the things that are around you and you're you're spending the time to to really understand. Whereas you, if you were t- more trusting, maybe you're a little bit more ignorance is bliss and you've got the blinders on and you're really not picking up on those things. Whereas Chad, like he, I feel like he always wants to understand a situation. And that's maybe one of the biggest linchpins to what he brings to the table is that he's experienced those things. He remembers how he felt about it and he makes those changes.
2: Yeah, correct. And he's always had management, right? But he's always been well across his deals. He, yeah. he, he's always been well across the business of what he's doing. And he, he's the sort of guy that butts heads with his manager if he doesn't agree or, you know what I mean? If something doesn't doesn't fit within his moral compass, then he fights back, you know what I mean? He's not a passive kind of like, and some athletes, you know, are just kind of like they do whatever the manager says and that's just it. And then whatever, like he's not that guy. And he, you know, to your point, and when you think about it, he went to Europe at 18 years of age without his parents, you yeah. know, to race the MXGPs, a kid. just him and Ellie as his girlfriend at the time. His parents did not agree. His dad was well and truly against that idea. thought, you're crazy. What are you doing? Just going over with your girlfriend. You're too young. Man, they made a life of it. And they it did it out, didn't he's, it? He, he's, the, he's the guy who he is. And, um, you know, that you can't learn those lessons unless you go through that stuff, you know? And so we're just like so lucky now to kind of, benefit from that you know i feel like it's a it's a real kind of blessing to be able to benefit from those learnings and um for him to be as passionate about this project as what we are is just such a great great opportunity
0: certainly and uh, I, I do i like the the commitment for the cell phone walk and talk um yeah sorry about that no problem whatsoever <laughs> We're, we roll with the punches here at verb moto um mm-hmm. what has been something that's sort of really been eye-opening working with chad like obviously like you've known him for quite some time but even still, I'm sure he's able to sort of bring something to light that you're like, hadn't even thought about that, Chad. Great idea.
2: Um, oh, I mean, lots of things. I think what I'm just most um, stoked with is that I feel like he's really embraced um, kind of like the role that he can play in the sport and what he can do. And and because, you know, for someone that's like him um, and as successful as he is and any professional athlete, there's a moment, there's a, you know, there's a point in time that they have to make a decision that they're willing to leave the athlete life behind and take the next step in their life and their career and add value. And I feel like I've really noticed that come to the fore with him now, you know, um, where, where you can see that noticeable shift. And with that then, you know, like it just opens up. Everything is opened up in terms of his, what he's willing to share. And to your point before, you know because um, he's not trusting before you're not just going to share all your all your IP and your a lifetime of knowledge unless you know it's going to good use or and or out of fear of compromising yourself in your own negotiation where now he's so comfortable with where he is in life I, I, I feel that he's willing to open up and share everything and I mean everything you know everything that he's learned where he's been and what deals worked and what didn't and why and you know, I think from a writer and team's perspective is probably the biggest thing that I've just seen is, um, you know, that he can bring, he can just, you know, from, from because some of these writers, you know, they're young, young alpha males, you know what I mean? And, they, and they're yeah. kids really, honestly, you know, and so they're not always guided necessarily in the right way or, you know, or they don't necessarily know, you know, where their future could take them. Um, and until I think recently, Chad saw himself still as one of them, and he probably wouldn't have been willing to give all that advice. You right. know what I mean? Because it's yeah. kind of like why, why, you know, for example, why why would he call Ken Roxon? And 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 I'm not saying this is a real life um, example, but just to you know, why would he call Ken Roxon and help him out and say this is what you should do with your career or what have you? If they thought if he was still thinking himself as a competitor or as a, you know what I mean? Whereas right. like yeah. If, now he's willing to give everything he's learned to all of these riders, not just any any one rider in particular, any of them from from a, a sixteen year old or seventeen year old to a twenty-eight year old multi-time champion. He, he's willing now to to handle that over, you know, and give them any advice that can really help them in their career. And I think that's just an, an amazing thing because I cause I've known Chad for a long time and he wasn't always like that he wouldn't wasn't willing to give anyone anything because yeah, he just very was cool such a strong he's such a strong competitor that he saw anything that he gave to anyone else you know as a threat to himself do you know what i mean like he was just so yeah. competitive that he would never help a competitor right but now he sees him he, he's comfortable with where what he's achieved he's comfortable with you know his his role as a father and, and everything else that he's doing that i think there's such an awesome opportunity for all those riders to, to learn from his experience which i think is is just going to be a great.
0: Certainly comes down to mentorship. And uh, if you could pick one, Chad would certainly be at one of the top of the list. Um, we're going racing in less than two weeks time. Uh, what What do you expect that those who walk through the doors of uh, Birmingham uh, are going to be able to experience? And how excited for, are you for them to be able to see two number one plates out there? Uh, Shane McElrath, uh, Ken Roxon. Um, it, it's going to be an exciting thing. And uh, and everyone else is going to be there as well.
2: Yeah, just just excited, you know. Just show, um, you know, world championship racing in a new venue and a new location that has never been before. You know, I think that's the thing is, you know, I've said it a thousand times that you know, guys in the, the guys in the states are so spoiled because they get to see top level racing so often. You know, yeah. if you're in California, you can see it so many times. Six you know, seven we're going times a year. Busy yeah, we're going to regions where they may never have and they follow the sport passionately, but they may never have seen it in person. So, you, you, you know, you, you're potentially like it's life changing for some people. Do you know what I mean? Like it yeah. sounds really kind of corny, but we had messages after Melbourne last year and, or both events last year that people like thanking us for the opportunity to see Ken Roxham live because they've always looked up to him and never been able to or can't afford to go to the US. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah. what's most exciting to me is just to see that, experience that. That's the rewarding part is to see kids and families and people and, and some of those messages are mind you are like grown men my age. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not just kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like people that really care and want to see these guys and don't get the opportunity. So for me it's kind of like see the show roll out, you know, the track's gonna be super cool. entertainment's gonna be going to be you know it's gonna be cool. Yeah. And just um I really that the racing is going to be epic honestly like i know um you know i know that it's going to be tight and it's going to be close and and i'm just excited to see all that happen and see um you know see the enjoyment i guess in people's faces that's what makes it all worth it to be honest
0: adam you're preaching to the choir because i think sometimes we forget that i myself am from a foreign country canada of all places the the closest supercross to me uh was an eight-hour drive straight south to uh, to Minneapolis. And I didn't get to go there until I was 16, 17 years old. Maybe I think I was almost 18 by the time I got to see it in person. And yeah, well, it was life-changing. Like you could you can blame a lot of what I do today because of that trip and seeing uh, James Stewart go faster than Chad Reed on 125. Uh, but either way, it's 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 a special thing, and those are the types of moments that can carry you forward. And uh, yeah, maybe you were thinking, like, ah, I might get out of the sport a little bit and you watch a supercross you get to see that in your own home in your own backyard and you're like nah screw that i'm getting myself a new bike or, uh, <laughs> exactly. or all my mates me and my mates are all getting new bikes and we're we're all lock stock and barrel back into it and i i like it might sound corny but i believe a supercross can do that
2: totally it can i mean that's the that's the role supercross plays to me you know and that's this is a discussion we have quite a bit with um you know, industry partners and sponsors, et cetera. I mean, that is the role that Supercross plays. It's the role of introducing people to to dirt bikes in a stadium, which they may never see. It's the role of kind of exciting and engaging the fans, you know, unlike anything else can. And um, it gets the industry excited, right? Like when you go to one of those events and we're all together and you're having a couple of beers and you're seeing racing like that, it gets everyone excited, which, you know, that just energizes the industry, which I think is is something that we all underestimate.
0: Birmingham's excited about it. The Canadians are excited about it. And I can only imagine those who live in Singapore who've heard the news that they're getting a super cross like that. I, I'm just, I, I whenever t- whenever you guys announce a new venue, I I'm just happy for those people. Because like you said, like me being from Canada, like eight, eight hour drive, not crazy to Minneapolis, but like, there's some people that live in those nations that like, it's it's not a realistic idea to travel to a- Anaheim or wherever else to go watch a race, uh, but it's going to come to them. That's going to be pretty cool.
2: Yeah, and, and and you know, I mean, we'll we'll continue to to expand on that. But Singapore is such an iconic, you know, city known for amazing motorsports with Formula One, and we've partnered with Lushington Entertainment, who is the promoter of Formula One in Singapore. So, like, it. you know, motors motorsport and entertainment is they are you know arguably you know the best in the world or some of they created the night race for formula one you know so so exciting to be able to work with people like that that are so capable and what they can do what they can do for supercross i think is is really exciting for all of us you know so excited to you know like i said i'm just enjoying that challenge and it's a big challenge um there's no doubt but um but it's really cool it's rewarding for sure Last
0: question I have for you, or I guess it's a statement, Adam, uh, for those who, if there's someone in Birmingham or Canada or wherever you, uh, there happens to be around this year, who is listening to this right now and is on the fence about buying tickets, what do you have to say to those people?
2: I'd, I'd just say, come on down. I think you won't regret it. I mean, no one, I think the feedback has been incredible for our events in the past, you know, humbly speaking, I think that, that, uh, that you'll love it and come and be part of um, you know the movement we're wanting to create, which is we want this to be a global championship. We want fans around the world. If you like dirt bikes and you like a good night out, I think you, you're going to have a blast. So so come down. We'd love to see you.
0: Love it, my friend. Always a pleasure to have you here on the Verb Moto broadcast. Adam Bailey, the CEO, the big boss with the hot sauce over at
2: Supercross Global. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I, I appreciate the uh, the motion sickness too. I'm walking down the street here in a cold and chilly melbourne afternoon so
0: thank you well honestly like tourism melbourne should be like you should be on the payroll because (laughs) we just got a very scenic look adam appreciate it don't hang up just yet but i am going to stop recording all right there you have it our interviews here on verb with chad reed and adam bailey appreciate those guys for making some time for us this week all right now here's zach heron with on the rank
3: best 42 in the land all ages from kids up to grown men, walk through the gates of the coal miner's daughter to make a point clearer than the creek water who's the best who's it gonna be